Welcome to the Home Inspired Podcast, where we discover the power and potential of home. Journey with a community of kingdom-minded moms as we look at the micro-nation of home and the world-changing possibilities within our own four walls. Back to another episode of DNA Live. My name is Jeff Wright. This is an hour where we come to you, our global audience, every Friday to talk about things on the level of worldview, to examine those worldviews themselves. Above all, we want to champion the transformative power of God's love and truth. We want to help equip you to apply the gospel, the transforming story of God, holistically to every area of your life. We're very happy to have you with us today. Before I do anything today, I want to show you all a video that I have. So my name is Naomi and I'm from the US and I've actually read Nurturing the Nations twice. The first time was when I was single and um, I had many questions and kind of objections to this material. And a lot of it had to do with Darrow's kind of commentary about the modern feminist mindset. And for me, I think the modern feminist ideas were rolling in my head and I was really trying to justify why they were right. But I became a mother uh, in between the time of the two readings and I chose to stay at home with my son and to really slow down and nurture this child. And when I went back to read the book, it was like a totally different book for me. I mean, I had a new set of lenses. And so I completely agreed. I mean, it's not all about agreeing, but I, I resonated with this, with this idea of the modern feminist movement trying to make me like a man. And I resonated with Darrow's honor of the feminine because I had stepped more into my feminine call. I think that men need this as well because we aren't complete without this alliance between men and women. And so men need to understand how women are created, but also they need to understand, I think in the, because of the complement of how women and men complement each other, men are actually discovering how they were made in a greater way. And, and also how this, how the, the design of God is to become an alliance and to, um, to complement each other. I think that for me, the, um, the one thing that struck me was just when, when Darrow said, um, women are the life givers. And he, he asked the question, who is the life giver? And, you know, we would say God. And I've been meditating on this verse uh, that says, in him, in Jesus was life. And the life was the light of all the world. And so thinking about God being the life giver, Jesus being the life giver, but him giving us the honor of being life givers and just the war against that identity in women is so harsh it's so wicked just that we would turn against our very nature 
and that we would abort babies or that we would abandon babies or farm it out to someone else, this identity as a life giver. So that's really struck me. I'm, I'm really excited to have our guest on today. Before I bring her on, uh, I, I wanna share a little bit about what that video is about. Uh, and then Naomi and Darrow is with us today as well. Uh, they, can, they can share a little bit more in detail, but uh, we are undertaking a project at Disciple Nations Alliance right now called The Grand Design. Uh, it originally started uh, titled The Dignity of Women, uh, a, a project to help battle one of the most pervasive and damaging destructive lies uh, in the world that, that men are superior to women and it's it evolved into something called the grand design and that um i'll let them talk a little bit more about that but that's one of the many things that the dna is working on if you want to find out what we're about you can visit disciplenations.org there's an opportunity to sign up for our newsletter to be informed when we have new projects coming out. We'll let you know when the grand design is up and running. It's going to be a free online course. And um, without further ado, I think it's time to invite Darrow and Naomi to join us. So please come on in, unmute your microphones. Hello, Naomi. Jeff. Hey, Darrow. This is Hi, Naomi. Naomi. Bloom Smith, we're so happy to have her with us. She is the founder of Home Inspired. Uh, homeinspired.org is a website. It's a brand focused on the culture changing potential of the home. Uh, this, uh, she, she started with a book called Home Inspired. Uh, what's the subtitle to that book, Naomi? Um, oh, you would have to <laughs> right now. Um, Home Inspired. But it's like Micronation. Uh, at the Micronation of Home. For yeah, something like that. Right, yeah. So, Discipling Nations, uh, and we have, uh, within arm's reach of all of us, we have this micro-nation with this great potential called the home. So, we're very happy to have Naomi with us today. I shared with her a little bit before we went live um, just how relevant I think, or just how pleased I am that you're on uh, this week, Naomi, because of the fact that millions of parents around the country and around the world, probably hundreds of millions, have become homeschoolers overnight. Um, something that they previously, uh, and we can get into for better or worse, but previously had outsourced. A lot of things they'd previously outsourced. Now it's all home. It's all on them. And you've had a journey that has helped you understand the uh, gift that that is from God, the potential it is. And so, um, Naomi, could you start by just telling us a little bit about who you are and uh, your story as it leads up to first meeting the DNA, and perhaps Daryl? Sure, yeah. Um, so I'm from St. Louis, uh, Missouri, and uh, I grew up in, an, I would say, just a non-religious home, non-Christian home. Um, and then when, when I went to... Uh, university at KU in Lawrence, I um, actually had a life altering encounter with Christ. 
um, when I was 21. And I would say, I always say he kind of knocked me flat on my back and I had to relearn like everything. I mean, I, it was just like, I'm wrong. I'm wrong about everything. I'm pretty sure I'm wrong about everything. And I mean, maybe that was a little bit of an exaggeration, but not much. I mean, there was a lot of wrong thinking in there and I just voraciously ate up the word and, um, and, and worldview stuff. I was so hungry for worldview stuff. And um, I was single for a long time. I was a single campus minister. I went into full-time ministry. Um, I was a single campus ministry for like maybe 11 years. And I was praying and praying and praying for the right guy. And I wanted a family more and more and more. Um, maybe the biological clock is, you know, real. I don't know. But it was really pressing on me. And so finally, and our story is crazy, but I won't share that for right now. But I met Austin, got married. And then two years later, we had our first son, um, well, our only son, our son, uh, Judah. And um, whoa, that was a big shock because I was, um, I was a go-getter. I was an achiever. I was very impressive. I could get, I could, you could give me a standard and I would exceed the standard. You know, I was like that. I had conversations with my pastors about how I should have been a man because I want to lead this whole thing. You know, I mean, bless their hearts. Like <laughs> they put up with a lot, honestly. I mean, there was a lot of really hard conversations in there. And, um, and uh, so then I had Judah and our story with Judah is that he had a very rough start. He was in the NICU for three and a half weeks. And so it just, it just stopped everything. And then it was, I mean, in my mind, I thought, oh yeah, I'll have like maybe six weeks of kind of like lay low after I have a baby and then back to normal. That was like my mindset about it all. No, 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 no. I mean, it was after the, having this child, then he, I, you know, believe it or not, I was the only one who could nurture him. Like, I, I mean, my body was made to nurture him. That was a shock to me. Like, I don't know where, what I was thinking, but it was, it was, it's just so odd. Like, what was I thinking? I don't know. But, um, so I was in the throes still of adjusting to motherhood when, um, my whole family traveled to Lawrence. We were living in Wichita, traveled to Lawrence to um, go to the student retreat. So we were still on staff and um, he was maybe eight months old. And I walk into this, um, uh, like a ministry house where both my family and Darrow were staying. Darrow was there speaking at the ministry retreat. And so I walk into this living room and Dara was there with his laptop. It was very nice lighting. I mean, it was, it was just very warm environment, you know? And he goes, oh, hello. And he, and he said hello to Judah. And um, I sat down and I, I think we had an hour long conversation right there. Um, but many conversations ensued after that because we were in the same house. And I was just processing. I was processing so much. I mean, I was processing the value of motherhood. I was processing um, the value of home. 
Um, and, and God was beginning to sow seeds in my heart and in my mind of truth. But Daryl was like good soil. I mean, I don't even know the analogy breaks down, but like Daryl was just like pouring water on those, on those mm -hmm. seeds. And so like, for example, that the home is a micro nation, that the home is a, um, is a, is a building block for all society. Um, that, um, my, my body is, I mean, I, I couldn't say it this well, but my body is a biological reflection of a transcendent reality. I mean, those types of things we were talking about and those types of things were the, it was this, it was the beginning of home inspired and of me beginning to write and to process all this transition that I was going through. And so it was very life-changing Darrow. It was really amazing. Well, it's been fun to watch this seed uh, germinate and grow and to see where you are today as a woman, with your family, with the things that God has put on your heart. It's, it's very exciting for me to have watched this journey. So, and I'm, I'm glad we have an opportunity to share your journey and what God has been doing in your life and through your life with this larger audience. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. So, I mean, we could dive right into how your body is a biological reflection of a transcend transcendent reality, but maybe we should work our way into that, uh, you know, baby steps. Okay, baby steps. Here we baby go. steps into that. So, um, can you... And Daryl, please, I, I know you know Naomi better than I do. And so please ask questions. But can you take us into the, the mentality you had? Um, where, I mean, one of the things you said that stuck out to me was, I should have been a man so I can lead, right? Can you bring me back to kind of this, uh, I think Daryl, you, you, you would maybe label it third wave feminism. I don't know if we need to put labels on it today, right? But but bring us, could you bring us into that mentality? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that really it, there was, there was this trickle of, and, and it, so, uh, okay. I would say there were undercurrents in my mind of self-hatred mm. and uh, hatred of my femininity from a very, I mean, maybe from a very young age, actually. And I, and I don't, and there was nothing that happened. I don't think there was anything that like, it was just the current, like, and, and so I, I kind of despised um, some of the things that were typically associated with women. Um, I took myself more seriously than that, you know, like mm. I, um, and then when I came into um, full-time ministry, um, I, I, I searched for a place um, where I could, um, yeah, where I could have a platform. I thought that I needed a platform. I needed a, I needed a, um, I needed to speak in front of people. And I mean, there's all kinds of selfish ambition and, you know, <laughs> lots of stuff in there. <laughs> but, um, but I really thought that, um, I thought that there was this, um, need for those things in order for me to really be free to be leading and to be um and to and to um 
to have influence. And I knew, and, and in a way I knew that I could have influence. And so I sort of felt, I sort of felt hemmed in by, um, by some, some scripture, <laughs> but also by, um, by the male leadership that was around me. And, um, you know, so we just had a lot of conversations. Some of them were, I think, very reasonable and good in terms of the honor that um, our culture could grow in for women. But I had this internal conflict of like, I don't really have honor for being a woman. And, um, you know, that I don't really like that God made me a woman. Mm. Um, and uh, and so I think I, I spent a lot of time trying, and you know, my pastor at the time said something really great. He was like, whoa, you know, when you said that, he said, it's hard enough to be a man when you're a man. Like, it's hard enough to be a man of God when you're a man, like you be a woman, that's glorious. And he was right. Mm. He was very right. But it was hard to hear, honestly, at the time. Yeah. So. Well, there's a lot to unpack in that. In, yeah. uh you know, let you me mentioned just, this self. Oh, go ahead, Daryl. Let me just jump in for a minute because you posed the question about feminism. And I think it's important to realize that feminism is not one thing, mm -hmm. that there are three um, phases of feminism or waves of feminism. And the first wave would be maternal feminism where men and women appreciated the maternal, saw virtue in the maternal, and the maternal was celebrated. And that, that form of feminism was birthed out of Judeo-Christian revelation, where women are made in the image of God. And as Naomi said in the her, her little video at the beginning to realize that women are the life givers. Absolutely profound. Mm. Men are not the life givers. Men are men. Women are the life givers. God is the life giver. In Christ was life. And where does life come from in a human form? From the body of a woman. Mm. Amazing. And that is appreciated. Second wave feminism is born out of an atheistic worldview in which there's no transcendent reality. So there is no transcendent feminine. Is mm. all you have is a material reality and uh, you have a physical body Sex is reduced from something that is sacred and beautiful to something that is um, entertaining. It's entertainment, it's recreation. So sex changes what it means to be a man and a woman change to reflect a materialistic uh, kind of culture. And this is the place where second wave feminism was born or modern feminism. And for a woman to have value, she needs to not be a woman, but she needs to become like a man. Mm -hmm. 
And this is the goal. And this is, I think, uh, what Naomi was, she was into this. I was off by one wave then. She was <laughs> second wave, got it. Yeah, th <laughs> was, third wave. Into the third wave. <laughs> right. Third wave feminism is where we are today. It's postmodern feminism where not only is there no transcendent nature, there is no biology. So male and female mean nothing in the postmodern world. And we can see all the things that are in the headlines today where the distinctions between male and female, masculine and feminine are being blown out of the water because there is biology is not significant. And uh, so we have this new reality. Hmm. So I think it's important to realize there's three different waves of feminism. And Naomi was in her whole upbringing in her mind was a modern feminist. Is that accurate to say, Naomi? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that, Daryl. You know, I appreciate about both you and Scott, the way you can trace ideas back, you know, and that helps us understand better where we are now by looking backwards to where these ideas came from. So, well, this is where worldview comes in. Right, yeah. You move from a biblical Judeo-Christian worldview to an atheistic modern worldview, and now we are in the post-modern worldview mm -hmm. or what we've called the toxic new religion mm -hmm. DNA. which is available for download for free on our website <laughs> toxic new religion check it out uh i'm not kidding disciplenations.org you'll see it there uh anyhow naomi going back to uh to what you were your, your, this this genesis the start of your story here um you you mentioned a self-hatred right and i what I'm what I'm hearing when you say that, because then you said something, uh, the things typically associated with being a woman or with femininity or whatever it was. Um, I mean, you can understand, we say ideas have consequences, right? And, and you can understand how you would be resentful if wanting the best for yourself, you thought that you were somehow limited because of the the body you were born into the gender that you are right yeah. um that female is less somehow so can you can you unpack that the lie that was rattling around in in your head a little bit yeah i mean you were swimming in that water obviously oh, you know swimming in that water yeah i think you know i mean anything to do with nurturing um seemed um like a low call hmm um, anything to do with, um, I mean, even like how, you know, how women would, would get like, oh, the baby is so cute, you know, like that kind of thing. Like the, the, I would just be like, ugh, disgusted, you know, and because it's like, oh, you're just, you're, you're living so much under your, your potential by, um, by giving so much of your heart and your mind and your, and your attention to this, concept of nurturing um well uh, so what's the what is deciding to nurture 
at, at the expense of. So what were these women, again, in, in this flawed worldview, we're going to call, right? What were these women sacrificing? What was the opportunity cost of deciding to be a nurturer? Oh, you, you have so much potential. You could be a CEO of a company. You could be a senator. You know, you, there's unlimited potential for you. Um, you know, you could, you could be a university professor, you could, you know, you could be a speaker, you could be famous, you could write books, you could, you know, so much, um, so many accolades that you're missing and, and you're just, you're, you're shrinking yourself. If, could you give me the if, if you, if, if you don't forsake the maternal or if you, if you, or excuse me, if you embrace the maternal, right? If you embrace the maternal, if you choose to prioritize this I mean, small world of home, like, I would just have a disdain. I mean, this is me. This is real talk. Okay. I mean, I would have a disdain for women who would um, say, oh, my, my, my number one ambition in life is to, you know, have a, have a family. I was just like, man, we lost one. Hmm. I mean, really, like we lost hmm. one. We, we there's so much potential here and and she and maybe i'll help her maybe i'll help enlighten her really wow yeah so daryl can you and you know maybe we're starting to move into uh your published work daryl nurturing the nations uh naomi you mentioned having read it twice uh that's where the grand design project was was based off of as well um but Dara, could you sh share a little bit how we've upheld this one part, literally half of God's grand design as the ideal, uh, as, as the thing that is higher, right? Nurturing's down here, and then this, the masculine callings are, are up higher. Well, the way this began in my thinking was working for a, a global poverty organization because my heart has been to help solve the issue of hunger and poverty. And everywhere I go, went, traveled all over the world, I saw families and communities impoverished because of the way women were treated. And as I began to try to understand why they were treated so poorly, I came to realize, and this is what I said for years, Jeff, that one of the greatest causes of poverty in the world is a lie. And the lie is that men are superior to women. It's a lie. But virtually every culture you go into, this lie is present. And that creates uh, attitudes and behaviors that uh, destroy families, destroy women, and ultimately destroy men, because it's not just about women, it's about men too. Men see themselves as superior to women. Mm -hmm. yeah. They are not. Feminism comes along and says, uh, you're not superior to me, I am equal to you, but for a feminist, a modern feminist, equality means to become like a man. Mm -hmm. I can do anything a man can do. So what is valued in sexism is maleness. What's valued in modern feminism is maleness, being 
like a man. And where's the woman in either of these? Mm -hmm. She's crushed. Mm. And so all of this goes back again, is this isn't a policy issue. This is an issue derived from worldview or the paradigm of a culture. And it's universal, it's everywhere. So you need to break the paradigm. And this is where the truth, biblical truth can come to bear to recognize the dignity of women. One of the things I point out, why did women flock to Christ? Because he knew who they were and he mm. treated them with dignity and honor. Amen. So this is the precious thing is to realize that women are made in the very image of God and they have a unique role and that God is the giver of life. And he made women in their physical bodies to give life to the next generation and the next generation. And there wouldn't be the next generation ever without female. I think you just successfully segued into my body as a biological reflection of a transcendent reality. Amazing, Derek. Good job. So Naomi, can you bring us into that uh, awakening you had your aha uh, when nurturing started to uh, be understood for the I might even use the wrong word but the gift that it is from God the uh, the honor that it is you know the the role that it is for you I mean that's what a lot of the book is about is it's really these essays of me processing Hmm. the value of nurturing um the value you know i mean i even had this idea that i wasn't really living for the lord in a radical way which i prized myself on um until um i was you know out there like winning the lost and doing all this stuff and um and you know so i i so an example would be um i was in line at chick-fil-a you know getting some food And I just was thinking about the idea of radical and how radical means root and how, um, how in motherhood, I had learned, this was maybe, you know, nine months into the journey of motherhood. So I was processing, had processed a lot, but I had learned sacrificial love and servanthood in a way that I had never known before. And if you want to look at the root of Christianity, you know, I mean, (laughs) sacrificial love (laughs) and servanthood. So I realized I'm more radical than I ever was before, but, but it, my mind had to be, it was just these, these micro changes in my mind and sometimes big, big changes that had to shift in terms of how I was relating to God, how I was relating to you know, people around me, um, my child. So I would say, you know, I, um, I, I chose it because I knew that it was the best thing for, for my son. Um, but over time, 
it became much and much, I, I was able to articulate the changes and the, and the value for nurturing that, that was happening in my mind um, as, I, as I walked down that road. And I'll tell you a little story. I had an experience with a girl who I was kind of mentoring at the time and she's 19 years old. And I'm, I'm gonna say she's a, she's a little bit of a know-it-all. I mean, you know, right, okay. So I'm not, she's a, a great girl, but um, she, she just started working for a daycare and um, I had Judah, I was at home full time. My life was, you know, slower just with nurturing the one. And um, there's so much beauty in that. But uh, yeah, so, but she's, she encouraged me strongly. She's a 19 year old, okay, to put Judah in daycare because um, he would learn some skills and, you know, he would be socialized and all this stuff. Oh my gosh, after I had that time, I felt like I had been hit like underwater torpedoes or something into my stomach. Like, does she see me as like a free childcare worker? Is that, and, and, and part of me, I had to process that because part of me believed that. And then I went back to like, wait a minute, what am I doing? What am I doing here? You know, like, does character matter? Do, do, you know, does this, the impartation of my life in Christ matter? Like, do have, does habit forming matter? Does discipline matter? Like a daycare cannot do those things. And the call of a mom kind of rose up inside of me and I got kind of fiery and wrote an essay about it. But, you know, it was just like, what has happened that a 19 year old is judging my life and saying, you're really not doing much with your life. Like you could, you know, do something better than just spend this time with this child. So, um, you know, little experiences like that kind of began to build inside of me this like, wait, what is happening? Like, what am I resisting? And what, where does all this come from? And, and, and does what I'm doing matter? And, you know, so I had to fight that lie, like, pretty consistently, like, you know, you, you could be doing so much, something so much bigger with your life, that type of idea, you know? And so, is that a good answer? Great answer. <laughs> Storytelling, you can't tell a wrong story. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we could unpack this, just even this, aha, this pivot, right? Very important pivot. We can unpack it for hours. Uh, Nurturing the Nations is available on our on our website and Amazon. Um, the Grand Design. How do they get Naomi's book? Uh, Home Inspired. Where do they find that, Naomi? It, um, on Amazon. And okay. My pen name is Naomi Bloom. That's my okay. Pen, so okay. And then uh, HomeInspired.org is is the website if you want to dig more into this. Uh, I don't know if you share on your website, but Darren and I are both fans of your poetry as well. Is that, yeah. is that up there? Okay, good. So please check that out if you're watching. Um, so, but I want to move past this pivot into, you've had this realization. So now you are advancing the kingdom within your four walls, within this family of yours, you know. Um, maybe I can kick it off with a question from the audience. Uh, Christine is listening. She was on uh, a few weeks ago with Darrow and I. Hi, Christine. 
and uh, she wants to know, and you were in Malaga together, right? Yeah, we were roommates. Oh, awesome. So great. So she wants to know what your description of success is in your current worldview. Wow, that's a great question. I think for me, I, um, I had to reprioritize. So I had to reorganize my priorities. My priority was um, still first to Christ, but what did my ministry look like? And it looked like um, enabling my family, my husband and my children to thrive. Like that was, it, it's like, if I'm the soil, like how are they doing? How, you know, what do they need? me checking in daily, like, how are they thriving? And then, um, I mean, honestly, it's, I love the garden analogy because then your family begins to produce fruit. Like it becomes a witness mm. to a watching world. If your marriage is healthy and your, and your children are, you know, I mean, it's imperfect, but it's still, and so, you know, we as a family, we, we love to be hospitable. We love to, you know, um, help other people thrive. But I would say it's kind of, I had my, my priorities had to be set in order for it to be healthy. I couldn't be like all, all about ministry out there and, oh, you know, the house is a train wreck and my kids are needy. And, you know, I, like, that's not thriving. That's not it. That's not the picture of success. Um, and, and I think I'm learning like that for me to hopefully help ensure a better future for my children, that I need to fight for some of these ideas, um, of the maternal, of the nurture, you know, um, so that hopefully they have more of a place in our culture of value. Um, so, but that again comes secondary to just my ministry as a wife and a mom. Hmm. Um, sometimes that's all I can do. <laughs> and, um, and, and that's okay. Like that is good. Like if they're thriving, that is good. And, you know, so just being watchful, mindful, um, intentional, um, about all of that, uh, first. Let me just add something to that, Naomi. Yeah. If the family is thriving, that will contribute to the thriving of the society. Yes. If families are broken, it leads to the brokenness of society. Yes. And I don't think uh, in the modern world, in the postmodern world, we understand that connection between the family and the state of the nation. Which is just insanity to me. I don't understand how we can't make that connection. But, and the other thing that I've been really thinking about a lot is creating like a, like a we identity. So like the we as the Smiths, we value hospitality. We as the Smiths, we value being kind. You know, the, those types of things actually imprint an identity um, into my kids that we are a Smith, you know, like that's what we do. Mm -hmm. And that's lost. I mean, in, in kind of the modern feminist 
thing, you know, it's like, okay, well, is little Johnny growing in his reading skills, his, his, it's the individual, it's the rise of the individual, but like the idea of a corporate identity, people long for that. People want that, but it was, it was intended to be in the family. And, um, and connected to that, you have uh, today, what are we measured by? Success. We, we tell our, our son, well, he's handsome, or our daughter, she's beautiful. But do we talk about their being virtuous? Do we talk about them being good? No, we don't talk about those things. It's how do they look? How are they dressed? Are they being successful? It's not that those things are bad, but you're talking about creating, forming a family character. And this is where the whole concept of beauty and virtue come in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we, I read um, Lydia Sigourney's book that you recommended, Darrow, um, called Letters to Mothers. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And yeah. in that, um, she talks about the, in, the, in the young years, instilling kindness, honesty, and- um, Integrity. Integrity. And so like we have, those are our buzzwords. We're like, you know, mm. guys, kindness. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, all go back to that. All go back to, you know, because- that's our job. Like how, yeah. who's, who's gonna do that otherwise? No one, no one's gonna do that. I mean, maybe bits and pieces, but the parents are called to instill that in their kids. And society's not doing that. And education's not doing that. Yeah. It's the parents, it's the home. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and true education really starts at home, which a lot, yeah. which is the lost concept right now. But maybe coming back maybe, honestly maybe forced back yes forced back yeah right for all those moms who are kind of who are making that choice i'm i'm borderline excited for you like i know that it's probably really overwhelming and it's 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 a big shift and maybe not what um what you imagined but it's this open window right now to adjust things that might be a little bit off in your family and to really give that attention that it deserves. It's a worthy call and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great ministry. How is, uh, how do you see the Corona virus creating a space for what you've just said? Well, it's certainly force. I mean, you know, I think that it's hard because I think that there, um, for me, it was a choice. For many, it's a, it's a forced situation. However, I think it's, it's forcing us to look at some really important things, actually, about our own orientation, about ourselves, our relationship with ourselves, about our priorities, about, and then, I mean, it's hard, but I have a feeling that when people came home, they were forced to look at the state of their relationships within the home, mm. um, at the state of order or disorder that was in the home and 
um, and, and maybe have to come to terms with some things. It's kind of like, you know, when you finally come, to, if you're, you know, running down the debt train and you finally come to terms like, okay, I gotta like make some changes here. I gotta do something different. I think maybe for a lot of families, that's, um, I, my, that's my hope and my prayer. I mean, I've been praying for, you know, mothers and families and I do think it's landed very heavily on women um, because a lot of women are still continuing to work and to, you know, be at home and, and women just by nature want to help the kids, like, you know, meet the kids needs. So I think it's, it's been hard. I know it's been really hard, but I, I'm kind of excited. I mean, is, is that wrong? Like, I just, I'm like, there's been such a, um, a, a, a running away from home. And so I think to be forced in some ways to come home and to face some of these maybe things that we've sown that we don't like, at least it's like, okay, point of truth. And then, okay, God, what do we do now? You know, how do we, how do we day by day grow something that we like, <laughs> that yeah. we're enjoying? <laughs> so um, a lot of wisdom there, Naomi. There's yeah. a lot of wisdom there. I, I mean, I just my own personal experience with four kids and having to go through all this uh, as far back as March now, right? March, I think March 12th, we thought our kids were going back to school and they haven't gone back since then. And there was a sense before that that parenting was about bookending the day right you, you kind of you get them fed and then you send them somewhere for education and you send them somewhere for socialization and you send them and then you get them back home and you get them clean you know and then you let them you bookend it right um and you get the weekends too but now it's been this very rich time of 24 7 right and we have to provide all of it and as you say in the, the video we don't we can't farm any of it out you know, it's, it's, it's all here and it's all here in the unit that God designed it to be in, uh, you know, imagine that, right? So, yeah, well, and the, the part of the tragedy is to think that farming it out is the good thing mm -hmm. is the best thing. Yeah. To have that as, oh, this is the goal to be able to farm the farm the kids out yeah no. and that's not to say there's not experts that we don't want to consult with there's not people that can teach math better than i can there's not therapists that i want my kid to see over just sitting down and talking to me for right if, if they need that but uh but you know our friend arturo who we've had on here before daryl he said um you know the organic is always better than the artificial you know god made these institutions he has these designs and that's that's first choice you know and that's the that, that's good hmm. uh so naomi uh speak to the brothers a little bit you mentioned an alliance it takes two to tango if you will um you know daryl uh this has to do a little bit with the evolution of the the project for for years it was on the books as the dignity of women project right and then the aha moment, even within uh, the production of it was, no, this is the grand design. This is two pieces coming together to make a whole. 
So Naomi, how, what does this look like for, for us husbands? Well, how do we support uh, the wife? How do we play our role well in this grand design? Oh man. Um, Is Austin behind the camera, by the way? Are you, no, you, you can just look not. directly at him right now. If you need to. <laughs> um, I mean, I can, I, I don't have, I haven't thought as much about um, maybe the, the broad sweeping, you know, generalizations about, about masculinity so much as I've thought about femininity. But mm -hmm. I will say that um, I, I have appreciated, I can really honor my husband right now by saying that I have appreciated his support as I've made this transition. And that even in the throes of, really wrestling with my identity and all of this stuff you know he really he would just remind me that i was a good mom <laughs> um and that was really helpful for me just words of life i'm a words person so words of life really mm. were helpful and then um i think that he's tried to empower me as much as possible to um nurture the the children and um uh yeah, um, I think that it's like, I can't imagine doing it, doing this without a man. Um, I have a son and I just, that would be really hard. That would be really hard. And, um, and so I think one thing I can say to the men is that you're very needed <laughs> and, and real biblical masculinity is really needed. Mm -hmm. um, and in a way, I have felt like, uh, uh, and Darrow has mentioned this um, analogy of like a Mordecai Esther, that I have felt like Austin has really championed my call um, as a mom and a wife and as a, a, a flourishing woman. And, and as a result, he has enabled me to thrive. And so I think, you know, you have a very important part, men, to help your wives thrive. And I, I do think that there's like, at least for me, okay, I'm just going to say for me, I really have to have a processing time at night. Like, I need to talk to an adult, please. Like, and I need to just like talk, like I need to talk. And so I think um, that is a big part of um I think Austin really intentionally cultivating my heart and kind of checking in on me and making sure that I'm healthy and in a good space and all that stuff. And so, you know, it's good. It, that's really, really good. But I can't really, I don't know. I haven't thought as much about the big um, overarching idea of masculinity. And I definitely think like protection, um, the strength of men, um, the provision of men, you know, there's so much, but um, I don't have words yet. To Let's go to Darrow, Darrow Miller. What do you have yes, to say? Darrow Miller. Well, I'm thinking a few minutes ago, Naomi, you said something and you went like this. And uh, I thought, that's the lioness. <sighs> and uh, the lioness and the lion and together you know they they form the family and you mentioned 
the, the strength of the male, the strength of the lion. Uh, what do you call it? Um, you used a word earlier. It's not, I used the word complimenting, but you used a different word. Like an the alliance or something like that. Yeah, the alliance of the lion and the lioness. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, imagine that as a couple. Yeah. How do we, how does the male walk out the lion and the female walk out the lioness? Yeah. And uh, that image in my mind, uh, that alliance image. Alliance? A lot. Oh. Come on. Sorry, Jeff. I can't. I, I love a good pun. I can't help it. Okay. The alliance of the lions. Yes, that's it right there. I, do, I, I will say, I think that um, this, uh, this idea of the grand design is so essential because it produces, at least it, it um, produces, produced a greater sense of honor in my heart for the male and for the female, yes. for, the, for the difference. Um, but like, hey, you're, you're a male and that is glorious, you know? And you're a female and that is glorious. That is glorious. <laughs> and there's none of this. It's not more glorious. No, it's like no. gratitude for God's creation and honor. And I think this is one of the things you mentioned earlier, uh, Jeff, when we were doing the filming, we were moving from all that I had written about the dignity of women to this issue of, well, it's not just about women, it's about men. And so if we're looking at the dignity of women, we also need to look at the nature of men. Yeah. And so I think it was uh, Samuel who's the filmmaker who's worked with us on this, he said, this needs to be framed as the grand design. And I think everyone that was part of the Malaga filming just said, that's, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Because we're so used to living in an evolutionary framework because of our educations. Uh, every, we're here by chance. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is a cosmic accident. We're here by chance. There's no grand design. Well, no, God exists. <laughs> and there is a grand design. And he has made us, male and female, to have an alliance together for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And if we don't understand who God is, and we don't understand the design, then we don't know who we are. And this is where we look today in the postmodern, the modern and postmodern world, where there is so much confusion in people's lives as to who they are and why they're here, because there's no sense of the grand design. It's all been some kind of dust kicked up or some kind of accident and what is this well i don't know so i think moving from simply focusing on the dignity of women to the whole picture 
of God's grand design is the thing that really helps us frame our own lives and our relationships. Hmm. Amen. We have a few minutes left. Uh, Naomi, I, I think you've said a lot in this hour, but I'm going to give you one more uh, opportunity to wrap it up to speak to anyone listening that might be struggling with this uh, maybe where you were uh, before your son was born in those that first year of his life as you were unpacking some things uh, take a second to think about that I want to say to the audience watching uh, that there is a lot of nuance to unpack and a lot of these ideas we're talking about today so we if, if you want to explore those more deeply again you can check out uh nurturing the nations available on amazon you can look at home inspired also on amazon or at homeinspired.org you can go to disciplenations.org and sign up for our newsletter and we'll let you know uh when the grand design uh project is available for free as a course for you to take uh, to explore this more deeply uh so but in the meantime you know in this hour uh yeah, there's, there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot of nuance. We ask for your, your grace in that. Um, please, if you have any more questions, feel free to, uh, to write us. You can find uh, Naomi on her website. You can email us at info at disciplenations.org or leave a question in the comments. Sean does a great job of uh, sharing those with the team, making sure we can unpack some of these things a little bit more. So Naomi, uh, any, any parting words for, for those who might be struggling? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's just a journey, you know, and I think that um, the, the trust comes with believing that the way that God made us is good. Hmm. And the and and that and so then it's a journey of, okay, so how did you make me God? And God, please define me, as opposed to maybe how I was raised or or um, how I would prefer to think of myself. Um, I submit my preferences and the ideas that I have to you, Lord, and, would, and I believe that you're good and the way that you made me is good. And so I'm gonna walk closer and closer into my created design. And I'm, and because, um, because that's what I was made for. I mean, created design, right? So um, I think, sorry, I just got a call. <laughs> I think um, that's, that has to be there because otherwise there's so, I understand there can be so many objections to some of the stuff that I've said. And um, if I were watching me, 10 years ago, I'd be like angry at me, you know, <laughs> really, I would be, that's, that's where I asked for that grace because of the nuance, the unpacking that needs to happen of this, but well, yes, yeah, and it's a, it's a personal journey of, yeah. um, of processing. And so I think it's not so much, um, of, a what, what you do so much as like who you are hmm. and, um, and out of that flows what you do. And, um, and so I, um, I, and I think you have to have grace for yourself 
you know, in the process of just being like, well, uh, you know, I'm sure I have a lot of messed up ideas, but you know, here we go. Got to still work with these kids. And, you know, I mean, life, life goes on, but he, Holy spirit is moving Mm -hmm. and he's, he's, he is, uh, he who began a good work, you know, in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. And so there's grace as you move forward and, um, and it's good. Hmm. glory to glory you know so amen Naomi, thank you would you pray for naomi daryl yes i I just want to thank her thank you for being with us thank you for the journey that you're on and you're sharing it with us and uh, as i've shared with you personally i think you have tremendous ability in your writing and it's so fun to see your journey being shared with other people through your poetry, through your book, and maybe other books in the future, and through this podcast. And may God use you as you nurture in your own home with your own children. And may he use your voice to speak to a larger audience about the nurturing of nations, beginning with the nurturing of families. Father, thank you for Naomi. Thank you for her life. Thank you for uh, her family and for this journey. And we pray that you would bless her. We pray that you would continue to grow her and uh, to use her for your glory in Jesus name. Amen. 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 An hour's never enough time. We will be back here next week. Home inspired is a, is an evolving brand. Uh, it started as a, as a, maybe as an idea turned into a book. Uh, now there's, there's blogs, there's podcasts. Are, are there episodes out already? Yeah. Yeah. Interviews with women and little tidbits of ideas. And there's also a YouTube channel. Great. So we hope that's a resource to anyone out there watching uh, homeinspired.org. Uh, we're available at disciplenations.org. If you like what you see, you want to support this work, there's also a donate button on the top of that page. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, Naomi, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Bye, everyone. See you next week. Uh, you know what? I won't be here next week, but Scott's going to be back and it'll be a good time. So tune in. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please check out our website at homeinspired.org for more resources. And if you want to connect with me in person, email me at naomi at homeinspired.org. Thanks again.